And welcome back to another episode of Nature Boost. I'm Jill Pritchard with the Missouri Department of Conservation. 2021 marks the 200th anniversary of Missouri's induction into the United States. In honor of that bicentennial, the State Historical Society of Missouri in Columbia is showing native creatures, the indigenous mammals and birds of Missouri. The art exhibit allows visitors to explore images of wildlife that were present in Missouri at the time it became a state in 1820. 21. Here with me to tell me more about this exhibit is curator Joan Stack. Now, Joan, thank you so much for taking the time to show me around today. I'm really excited about talking about these images with you. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I'm so glad that you are here and that you're letting more people know about this exhibition. What can visitors expect to see whenever they come and learn about the Native Creatures exhibit? Well, as you walk into our gallery, you'll be introduced to two beautiful artworks by John James Audubon. One is an image of birds and one is an image of a mammal uh, that used to be in Missouri. It still is, I understand. It's been reintroduced. It, the mammal is a bison or buffalo, and it's a beautiful image of the buffalo alone on the prairie-like uh, space. and. Um, Beside it, we have the red-headed duck, which is a migratory bird that comes into Missouri from time to time. So as you walk in, you'll be introduced to the idea of Missouri's native mammals and birds, but also to the idea that maybe the wildlife of Missouri was different. Bison were much more common. They were especially common near the Kansas border, but my understanding is they were pretty common here in central Missouri as well. Things changed uh, soon after settlement, and they were changing by 1821, but bison were still around during that period. It really makes you think about, wow, what if they were around? You know, they, there are some in Missouri, but like you were saying, they were much more common just to think if they were more present in our areas today. Obviously, we've changed the landscape of Missouri, and the bison really prefer the prairie landscape. And so we got rid of many of our prairies in exchange for agricultural land uh, because it was good land to grow crops on. People would kind of remake the land as, uh, as farmland and then the buffalo were not in their element anymore and so they became less and less frequently seen. So we have some images from James Audubon and he was a pretty famous ornithologist, artist, big conservationist. What other artists are featured in this exhibit? Well, for Missourians, you may know the name of Charles Schwartz or Charlie Schwartz, as I think he was known uh, by his um, colleagues in the Department of Conservation. Uh, Charlie Schwartz was a, he had a master's degree in biology, but he was also an artist. And he's most famous probably here for his book, The Wild Mammals of Missouri, which is still being published today by the University of Missouri Press. So you may have seen that book and seen the wonderful images that he made of as all the mammals of Missouri that he could identify. And uh, he would include a, an image of the animal from life uh, in its natural habitat. And then he would include images of its skull and of its feet and you know any distinguishing features about the animal. He would have these kind of scientific details at the bottom of the page. And the pages are really beautifully designed. Uh, we have the entire 
Wild Mammals of Missouri, the original drawings for that in our collection. And we're just showing a few of them in this exhibition, but they are wonderful in that they show us animals maybe that we see every day, like the gray squirrel or the raccoon, and really make us appreciate the beauty of these animals. I mean, the gray squirrel is so intimately represented. Every hair on that little squirrel's body is, uh, is, is drawn meticulously with um, Charlie Schwartz's pencil, and it is just striking. And you think, well, you know, that is the animal that's in my bed backyard, you know, and it's, uh, it's uh, it really, one of the things I like about both Audubon and Schwartz is they make us see these animals in a way maybe we haven't thought about before. We really are forced to look at them uh, more deeply and understand them as kind of these living creatures, and it, it, it they're wonderful for kind of helping us to uh, better appreciate the wildlife around us. And as we went through the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of people really took to nature as a way to escape as we were in lockdown and we were stuck at home. And that was a big trending thing that a lot of people rediscovered bird watching. That, yeah, <laughs> that, that blew up this past year and even just wildlife watching in general. And it is one of those things where we do see squirrels every day or birds every day. Before all this, we kind of, oh, you know, didn't really think anything about it. But now I think there are many people that can have that appreciation for, for these critters in our backyard and the role that they play in the ecosystem. And then just them being part of nature and helping us to de-stress in a way and kind of escape the, the, the stress of our days. Yeah. One of the images that I think really gets that across is this wonderful image that Audubon did of a crow. Now, every single one of Audubon's birds is life-size. So this is a giant image with a giant crow uh, sitting on the, a branch of a walnut tree. And the crow seems to be turning around and looking at us. And Audubon actually wrote about the crow and said, that it was a, an animal that people did often overlook and they would be out bird watching and they'd say, they'd see a bird and they'd say, oh, it's just a crow. And uh, so he talks about how intelligent they are and how beautiful they are. And also this image, which is just really powerful. You, you might not think you'd want uh, to look at an image of a crow. They're sort of maligned birds in some ways, seen as pests, but here you really do appreciate the crow. And it, I love the fact that it, it looks at us and it does seem to have, be conscious of our presence. That's one of the things Audubon does as well. He often makes us feel as though we're in the room with the bird or in, the, in nature with the bird, I should say. He, he really does immerse you and especially you made a good point because a lot of these images images are so large yes, exactly. and they it, it really just kind of allows you to step inside of what he saw at the time he, he was painting these. Yes, and we talked about uh, earlier, uh, you and I were talking and there's this wonderful image of a skunk and uh, the mother skunk is on top of a log and her little babies are in a little hollow in the log and the mother skunk is mad and she's mad because the viewer seems to have encountered this skunk in 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 nature and how how does the mother behave she hisses at you and she and she lifts her tail she's ready to spray you so he really gives us the feeling of encountering these animals in nature so we've got Charlie Schwartz we've got the Audubon pictures here who else is featured as far as artists yes uh, 
Carl Bodmer, uh, we have a number of works by him, and these works were done when Carl Bodmer, who was a Swiss artist, was touring the United States with Prince Maximilian of Weed. And what he was doing was trying to document nature, animals, and people who were living in America in the early 1830s. And he, Bodmer and Prince Maximilian pretty much followed uh, the the road <laughs> or the river that uh, Lewis and Clark uh, followed. So they, and they saw many of the same things. So there are a couple of images in our collection that do represent Missouri, but the ones that we have on display were not actually created in Missouri, but they represent animals that were in Missouri. For instance, the Carolina parakeet, which is an animal that is now extinct. And this is an example of how uh, human habitation colonization has really changed the wildlife of Missouri because these parakeets were apparently pretty common and uh, they were beautiful. They were green with yellow heads and I think the males had some red on their heads as well and they and they loved sycamore trees and of course we have lots of sycamore trees in Missouri so they were all always around. They, they congregated in groups and uh, Bodmer shows some parakeets in Indiana. And uh, we were talking, as you walk in, you said you read the label and you couldn't find the parakeets. They're there, they're up in the vines of the sycamore tree. So there's vines growing on the sycamore tree. And once you see them, you see, there's a, I don't know, there's 15 or 20 of them there. <laughs> but, uh, but that, again, must have been how you would have experienced them in nature. You would have, um, they, you would have seen them kind of gathered in, in little flocks. And uh, they were very social. That apparently was one reason that they were pretty easy to kill. They were sort of a nuisance. I think they were very noisy and they liked to eat uh, fruit. So if you had an orchard, you didn't like those parakeets hanging out. And, uh, you know, just sadly, people uh, exterminated these things. And then by the time they realized what they were doing, it was too late. So the last parakeet, I believe, died. I think in Ohio in the 1930s, the last one seen in Missouri was around 1910, uh, but apparently pretty common. Uh, there's discussion of a flock of them in Jefferson City in the 1850s. Uh, they were beginning to be less common as the century progressed, but um, the same is true of the passenger pigeon, which we also have an image of by Bodmer. Uh, Again, to see these these animals that are no longer here is really kind of touching and, and sad because we feel like, you know, if only we had caught this before they had actually become extinct, as we did with the bison. The bison, of course, were almost extinct at one point, and so were the bald eagles. They were, they were in danger, but uh, we came to recognize <laughs> that we had to preserve habitats. We had to um, protect these animals, and it's been more successful in, in the 20th and 21st century. A hard lesson to learn, yeah. but insane that there were parakeets in Missouri. Because you say parakeet, you almost think, oh, in a rainforest yeah. or in, in, in some type of landscape like that. And I did, I was looking at that picture, I said, I can't find them. I'm not sure where they are. But then you pointed it out. I said, oh, there and there were. There's, yeah, probably about a huge group of 15 sitting yeah. on those branches. Yeah. And this is a winter landscape also. This is actually uh, done in Indiana in a landscape that's very similar to Missouri, kind of a swampy, deciduous, uh, wooded area with these sycamores and vines all around. And there's a, 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 little, um, a little stream or a small river. And um, the 
the parakeets loved that kind of climate, but they were quite hardy. They were not, they could live in very cold climates. Indiana is probably very similar to Missouri. The temperatures go down pretty low uh, during the winter, but they could handle that. And um, yeah, it's just, it's real shame that they, those are gone. Well, and you mentioned something pretty important to note about that painting by Bodmer as well, because you said you can even see in the background signs of humans like coming coming into this area with with the wildlife tell me more about the signs yeah, in the back that's another thing i think you know i do a, a thing with kids sometimes when i do a show like this which is ask them to identify what are the native animals of missouri and what are the introduced animals so of course the native uh, americans were there w when the native animals were there. So there were people here. But when the Europeans came, they started introducing all these European animals, uh, which I guess some of them have their roots a long time ago in the Middle East, like the horse, I believe. And, and But the cattle, chickens, pigs, all of those types of animals. And this particular Bodmer shows a group of cattle that have come up to the water's edge and are drinking. So, um, so when you start to see the cattle, that's a sign of the European-American colonization. And, um, and that really did change everything. And so the kids don't necessarily know immediately, are cows native to Missouri? But you have to, a lot of the animals we think of everyday American animals are not American animals. <laughs> These are things we brought uh, to America. You also have another, a fourth artist here, Ding Darling. Let's talk about him for a second. Yeah, he is a really interesting guy. We have a number of other artworks by him that are cartoons. He was an editorial cartoonist and really well known for that. But he was somebody who really started to recognize the importance of conservation. And he was actually brought into the Roosevelt administration uh, when Roosevelt was president as one of the first, uh, I can't remember exactly what his title was, but he was the one of the first uh, government officials uh, charged with trying to promote conservation in the United States. And um, he got to know some of the early Missourians who were involved in that project. Missouri was really a, uh, an important leader in conservation, uh, already doing some, some of that work in the 30s and the 40s. And um, I don't remember, I think Schwartz made, maybe didn't get involved to, until the 50s, but you know, we kind of foresaw the problems, you know, that logging and habitat destruction uh, were creating in Missouri at a time when other states weren't thinking about those things. And so uh, conservation was important to us. And this particular uh, print, it's a, an image of some hunters and they've gone out uh, duck hunting, but uh, one of a little flock of mallards have um, <laughs> have escaped, <laughs> and uh, you see them taking flight. And um, so, you know, a lot of these people really loved hunting and fishing, loved the wild, you know, being in in with wildlife, uh, going out as um, you know, actually experiencing ca uh, catching or uh, shooting a, a duck and then eating it, or, or fishing and then eating the food that you you catch. And um, they realized we're not going to be able to do this anymore if we don't protect our, our rivers and our streams and our forests. And, and um, as I said, Dean Darling was involved in that on a national level, and he befriended um, a number of people in Missouri. And this particular work is, is dedicated to a Mr. Stevens, who was very involved in the conservation, conservation movement here in uh, Columbia and with the, um, with the various conservation groups. Uh, again, early on, uh, considering you know that that was not something that became super fashionable until a little bit later. 
This exhibit has uh, has previously been up, or actually right now as we're, as we're talking, you're in the process of putting this exhibit back up for a short period of time, I think until July 16th, I believe yeah. you said. So what was the reaction of some of the visitors that you got whenever this was first up earlier this year? We found that a lot of groups uh, were really responding to this and, and people were even bringing in kids uh, to look at this exhibition. And uh, it's a really... Um, it's a different way of looking at the bicentennial in terms of how uh, this the last 200 years have changed the wildlife and the nature of Missouri. And um, so I, I think, yes, I think we've got a, a good response. It's maybe not what people would immediately think of when they think of the bicentennial. So it's a little different uh, take on it. Uh, what happened was that uh, we had this up in uh, February and March, and then we had a contemporary group of artists uh, it, an exhibit that was actually organized by a different group of people of 60 works by 60 different artists who are working now in Missouri. It was called Missouri Art Now. And we really wanted to show that uh, exhibit, but we felt like native creatures hadn't gotten enough time, partly because it was February and March, so the pandemic was still raging to a certain extent, and a lot of older people weren't able to come out at that time. So now that we have the vaccine, we're hoping we'll have even more uh, people coming into the gallery and have a chance to see these things because they really are. I, I always think of what we are doing is we're preserving these treasures that help us understand who we are as a state and who we are as a people. And these artworks bring those things to life in a way maybe the history books don't. And you can really experience things in a very different way through artworks. And it's not that we own it. We share these works with the people of Missouri. These works are owned by the people of Missouri, and we want to get them out there so that people can um, appreciate their heritage. So our, our mission is to preserve, protect, and make available that heritage. What is your favorite image in this exhibition? Well, you know that it's always changing. I've sort of become attached to the crow recently. That's a, it's certainly a powerful image. And you know, one of the things when I was researching that, crows had sort of uh, diminished uh, in the last few years because of, um, I think it's the, the West Nile virus was killing a lot of crows. And um, so, but they seem to be coming back. So I've been seeing a lot of crows uh, lately and, uh, and seeing this crow really uh, brought those crows to life, made me appreciate the crows that I do see. I mean, they're, they are remarkable birds. And it is true that you sometimes think of them as chasing away the other birds. And, but, um, but yeah, I think it's a, a really powerful image. And um, I don't know, I, and of the Schwartzes, I think I love the little gray squirrel because I have little gray squirrels in my garden and it's just wonderful to see, you know, all those details of, of what, what is a little gray squirrel? How is it, what does its skull look like? What do its feet look like? You know, it's just a wonderful image. It's very scientific underneath, you know, he kind of gives you the more educational, you know, yeah. what, what's underneath, well, you know, what do you see underneath? I love the feet always. He always shows you the underside of their feet. And so that would be what kind of footprints they leave, but they're always so beautiful, those little animals' feet. And it does, it makes you, it makes you appreciate what you see every day. I, I had a feeling it might be the Audubon crow. That was your favorite image. And and it, it is, it's so striking because it does look like the crow is just looking right at you and just yeah. connecting with you. And also, you know, you, you always expect your favorite image is gonna be a, an image of a, a really beautiful bird that everybody 
concedes is like this beautiful animal, like a cardinal or something like that. But the crow is sort of, again, it's sort of maligned. And then you say, well, why? Why do we, you know, why do we malign the crow? Because it is a, it's got these, this beautiful shimmering quality to its feathers. And it, so it is a, an animal that needs more appreciation and Audubon helps us to do that. And I would think that that's your hope for visitors who come and see this exhibition is to walk away with a new appreciation for what has been here in the past and what still is here. So hopefully we don't repeat history. Yeah. And that's true. And, and one of the things that I pointed out is all through the exhibit, we have quotes from the Gazetteer of Missouri that was written in 1837 uh, by uh, Alfonso Wetmore. And um, you can see how in that period of statehood, people responded to these animals and how that has changed in some ways. I mean, he talks about all the animals, uh, most of the animals anyway, in the gallery, but he talks about them a little bit differently. For instance, he talks about the game, Missouri, game of Missouri and includes bear as one of the things that you would shoot and eat. And uh, that was quite common in the 19th century. And also, um, there's this kind of sad uh, quote that he has about the bison, which were already disappearing in Missouri at the time. And he tells a story of how an old bison came, you know, maybe in the early 30s. He doesn't say the date, but he said it just a few years ago uh, to um, Cooper County. And um, it was looking for the salt licks. And the people immediately got excited. There was a bison in Cooper County and they went and shot it. And it, it's a kind of a different way of thinking about uh, nature than we would have today. So. Uh, so it's interesting to kind of place it into the, imagine how the people of the time experienced these animals as well. Uh, I think a lot of times they were thought of in terms of a resource. The game of Missouri was a big, that was a big deal because sometimes, you know, you couldn't go to the store and buy your food. You had to, you had to shoot the deer, the elk, the, the bear uh, to get food during that period. Remind us again, when can visitors see this exhibition yes we're open uh tuesday through friday uh the gallery opens at 10 o'clock and closes at 4 30. Uh, we are open the first saturdays of each month but i'm thinking the first saturday of july maybe july 4th weekend so we may not be open that day but um but generally we'll be open the first saturdays of the month this exhibition the best time to see it would be during the week so uh come you know tuesday wednesday thursday friday uh, between 10 and 4.30 and you'll be able to see it. It's open to the public, it's free. We also have some other exhibits up, uh, including an exhibit of bird paintings by David Plank. So we've got some more Missouri nature uh, on display. We also have works by Thomas Hart Benton, George Caleb Bingham, and of our permanent collection that you can see, some editorial cartoons from World War II. So there's a lot, a lot of history to see when you come and visit us, but this, um, the Audubon Schwartz uh, Native Creatures exhibit is just going to be up until the middle of July. So July 16th? Yes, I think so. All right, wonderful. Joan, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today, and especially for giving me all of this wonderful and inspiring um, information on, on Missouri's native wildlife. These images are just so striking, and I feel so lucky to have, to have come to see them today. Oh, well, thank you, and I hope uh, more people will come. I hope so, too. I'm sure they will. To learn more about native creatures, the indigenous mammals, and birds of Missouri, you can visit the State Historical Society of Missouri website at shsmo.org. I'm Jill Pritchard with the Missouri Department of Conservation, urging you to get your daily dose of the outdoors.